This week, we're talking about being better, and I, I know that this, I, I know that this word, and I'm, I'm, I'm already diving in. We're going to read some scripture in a moment. But I oftentimes focus on this word, priorities, as, as a word that is used in its um, unnatural tense. Let me say it that way, because I, I'm, I kind of, I'm going to layer up from Wednesday a little bit, and actually, Pastor Eric kind of was in the same little area this week or this morning because obviously the first of the year and, and we had, were kind of doing this, a, a little bit of the same thing but trying to be a little different, obviously. I'm, I'm, my goal is to get to another point. But, but this word of priorities is actually, again, you've heard me say it, supposed to be a singular form only, uh, not a plural form because, again, how can you have a third most important thing? The word priority in itself simply means the top of the top. Well, there can't be a third top of the top because now you're struggling a little bit. And so you have to understand that that's the case. However, because of our terminology, I want to talk to you a little bit about having better priorities, if I can. So this first week is better priorities. And when we put the things of God first in our lives, when we do this, the other things fall into proper order. However, when we prioritize earthly things, we find oftentimes ourselves anxious and and we find ourselves full of worry when I begin to find other things ahead of me and let me tell you the first thing that in a practical sense that you and I got to deal with and I'm working on it is this thing right here some of you may not have this problem and God bless you you are winning life right now but but again I you oftentimes you're thinking you're doing good and you got to your phone vibrates and and you, you think it's a text from your wife or you te- think it's a text from your husband. You find out, no, it's just something about Taylor Swift and the news told you about it. And you're like, hey, come on now, leave me alone. And, and you're just like, they come search you out now. They come find you with news and find you with distraction. And I've got to have better priorities with my time. I've got to make sure that I'm careful with my time. And I'm not just talking about with goofy things, but I've got to line things out. And we've got to make sure that we realize that the Lord desires in his book to help us with um, having better priorities. And so, so we've got to do this. We've got to try our best to work on this. And we've got to try our best to be better than last year. What I would tell you to do, and, and again, I'm, I'm speaking to maybe some younger folks today, but I would tell you to go look at your average on your phone, you can find it, you can look it up, you can see your daily use on your phone. And I would tell you to set a goal for yourself to next week have better uh, uh, screen time average, meaning, meaning lower, not higher. Lower your screen time average next week than you had this week. And then guess what? I would encourage you to try to go the next week even lower, meaning you push that phone away. You push the distractions away. You push other things that are, that are oftentimes in the way. You push them out of the way because what I'm finding is that I have reflected back. And, and uh, let, me, let me just move while I'm talking here. But I reflected back recently and wondered how in the world, I, I told someone not long ago, how in the world did my dad have time to fish when he was my age? I remember going fishing. I remember going fishing when I was a kid. And not only did I go fishing, but we went, and we would tell my mom, my dad would load up the boat, and we would, we would take the, the, the old van and drive down to the, to the gray, and he would say, hey, we're going fishing. If, we're, if they're biting, I don't know, if I don't know when we're going to be back. Now, if I told my wife that, she would be texting me every 15 minutes. Where are you? And I'm, I'm not saying this is a bad thing, because we've got this tether now 
to everything and everybody. And so you're never really detached. You're never really away. You're always stuck. And there's always an ability for someone to call you and pull you out of what you really probably need in the moment. Let me just tell you, some days you might want to lay your phone down, leave it at the house and say, don't worry, I'm going to be fine. I'm going fishing. I, I wondered about that. Like, I thought, how in the world could they fish? And, and how could they do these things? Because I truthfully, I, I, I love to kayak fish. I love to go down the river and fish. And I love to do some things. But the problem is, is I don't have time until I look at my phone, my screen time. And I realize, oh my goodness, I do have time. I'm just spinning it in the wrong way. I don't have time to do this or that. Oh, I do too. I'm just spinning it in the wrong way. I don't have time to... To do the things that I feel like I told my wife not long ago. I just feel like I'm, there's not enough time in the day until I look at my screen time. And it's like the Lord's just looking at me just with that kind, gentle look. He probably looked at Simon Peter with. I know y'all all think that he was always sweet and kind, but he was a man's man. And he never had any evil in him. But he was probably like, man, when are you going to get it? When are you going to figure this out? And there's, there's something about that time that you've got to have. And so here's, I hope I can do this. I, I actually saw this a while back, and I thought, you know what? It's worth a shot. This, this, um, these magic crystal things that are actually called Epsom salt, they, are, they represent all the little time, the little things we do, the, the small things in our lives. And the reality is, is I, I, I can take my day, and I hope you can see me okay. I can, uh, I can Darius, come here for a minute if you don't mind. I like old Darius. I appreciate Darius going to HYC. Um, we're glad you're here, Darius. But I'm going to have you help me real fast. Here's the thing. I can treat my days like, like this time that I've got. And I can say, well, I've got all these things happening. And so I've given myself to all this stuff. And by the time I realize what I've done... I'm at this point where I'm thinking, well, I need to do this stuff, but I'm not really giving myself, I don't know if I have time, but I know there's a lot I've got to do, but okay, I'm going to get to those things. I'll get to them. And so then I say, you know, wait, there's some, there's some big things I've got to handle. I told my wife I'd go down and I'd make sure I got that taken care of. I told my kids I'd make sure I'd run my other school and talk to them at that one teacher. But I'd do this and I'd do that and I'd do these things and, and I'd make sure that I'd swing by here, I'd swing by there. And I know I'm going to do it. So now I've got these things I've got to fit in, but I've got all these things I've got to get done, but I cannot seem to figure out, you know, why I, I waited. And so the problem is I squeeze in these things, and then at the end I'm like, oh, wait, there's one big deal I promised my wife a date, like we were talking about this morning. I promised my wife a date, but I, I got, that's the, and by the way, that's the biggest thing on the list on those days. That's the biggest thing on the list. And so I promised I'd do that, but the problem is now I can't quite, fit it in. And so the struggle is that if you approach your life doing the things that are less important first, you will not have space for things that are most important last. So in, 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 in the opposite approach to that, not only if I take what was left over and I say, you know what? I'm handling what I need to make my priority first. And what I'm talking about, obviously, is not just dates and, and meetings. I'm talking about, as we heard this morning in first word, my prayer life, spending time in the Word of God. You'll never have time reading the Word of God if you put it last. You'll never have time. You'll never have time to pray if it's the last thing you worry about. And so, so if, I, if I do those things first, and then I come and say, you know what? 
I had all these things that I needed to take care of. I needed all this stuff that I needed to worry about, and it really needs to be dealt with, and I can't leave it off, and I can't worry about it till later, and I actually, I'm going to put off the things that are least important, but, but I've also, I've got these appointments, now it's about time for that date, now I've got to make sure I get that date in there, but not only that, I get to also run lunch to my daughter, because she texts me every day about, can you bring me lunch? Like I ain't got nothing else to do. So now I can fit that in, by the way. But guess what? If I do the things that are most important first, then all the things that are left over that stop me from fitting all the other things in, now all these things that didn't seem so important, guess what? Not only does the big stuff fit, but the smaller stuff worked out too. And what you've got to, thank you, Darius, what you've got to realize is that if you make what's important a priority, then what's not important will find a place to reside. But you and I cannot, it's oftentimes hard because we approach life and we approach things uh, to what's maybe easiest first or what's nearest to us first. That's why you have to make up in your mind and that's why you have to stay in your heart that I am going to this year and on this day, I am going to be, there you go, you're listening. (laughs) I'm going to be better. I want to make myself aware of things. I want to put things that are very important in that place of what's very important. I want to be better. Jesus' most famous sermon in the Gospels is called the Sermon on the Mount. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus turns to preaching and teaching about how we have a tendency to worry about our lives. And maybe you and I could probably, we can relate to these things. We can say that right now I've got some worries. I've got some things I need to take care of. I've got some stuff I need to tend to. We're worried about um, uh, how we're going to get those done. We're worried about how we're going to pay for those things. We're worried about family. We're worried about situations. All the things we're worried about oftentimes are marriage is why did I say that is oftentimes what I am dealing with but we're worried about the new year and what it might hold and 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 Jesus when it when it when it uh, approaches Jesus states that trusting in him is the only way to keep us paralyzed from anxiety and anxiety is a very real thing it's more and more real now why because again and I'm not just making this the iPhone message but more and more our young people are being told at an early age is you've got to compare yourselves. You're not as good as them. You're not as good as this one. You didn't get there. You're not doing this. You can't sing like them. You don't look like this. And they're fostering this insecurity that is going up into families and going up into homes. And then we take family pictures and they don't look like their family pictures. And your kids didn't get on the honor roll this year and theirs did. And their dog can sit and roll over and your dog's over there chewing on a tree. And you don't know why in the world all these things are so bad in your life and slow you look around and you think that my my French dip sandwich doesn't look like theirs and my 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 nothing looks like theirs and we fostered this comparison world that is not healthy and not good and the reason why is your priorities are on everybody else and not on God and I've got to make sure that I look to him first before anybody else I know we've read it. I read it Wednesday. We read it in first word. We're going to read it now. Matthew 6.33 says, But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things, all 
These things shall be added to you. We must first seek God. We've got to seek Him. The language of priority, Jesus tells. He gives us this understanding to say that when we seek after a life that pleases God, He smiles upon it. All things that we have the tendency to worry about will fall into proper order if you and I make Him first. If we make him first, and it's very, very simple. I can reflect back quickly on this simple illustration that when you fill him up, fill up with all the things that are not of him, you'll have no room for the big things in your life, which would be God, your marriage, your church, all the above. Let me say also with your marriage, your family, then your church, and other things you need to have. But when you put all those other things first, those things don't fit. You're not good at, at walking with him. You're not good at being a father or a good husband. You're not good at all the other things that you have that are critical in your life. And so he tells us this. What he's saying is when you seek me first, you don't have to worry about being a good husband. You'll be a good husband. When you seek me first, you don't have to worry about being good at your job. Guess what? All the principles I put inside of you and all the things you become when you seek me first, you will become those things. So when it comes to all that we are, all we want, all we do, all of the things we have, uh, um, as far as the agenda we have each and every day, the things we need to do with what God blesses us with, the things we need to do with the time we're given, I, I, I hope you understand that this, this scripture is, is important to not just one area of your life, but in all areas of your life. So priorities, these, these priorities, and I'm using the term priorities, I know, but let me ask you this, are you seeking after God? Is God the center of these things in your life? And I'm talking about your job too. Is he the center of it? Is this okay this morning? Is he the center of it? It's, it's important for us to be challenged this morning. Is he the center of it? Is, or are you seeking the smaller things first and then finding a place for him? It's important that you and I understand how critical in every area of your life that you and I make him first. We make him first. Someone once asked legendary coach Tom Landry why he had been so successful as a football coach. He said in 1958, he said, I did something everyone who has been successful must do. He said, I determined my priorities for my life. God, family, and then football. You see, Landry got it right. We can, we can reflect back if you're a, a a fan of any sports at all, you can find people that got those things wrong at times. And, and because of the trouble at home, they lost their job. We can talk about that right here in Arkansas. Because of the struggles they've had here or there, they, it, it, it came into their locker room. It came into their jobs. It came into all these things. And, and those who understand how to order things correctly oftentimes find ordered their lives being ordered correctly. And so, so how do we seek God? How do we seek Him? When things aren't easy. And let me just say we seek him um, just like we seek anything else. We must spend a lot or much time and energy in pursuit of him. The, literal, the action of seeking would be me and you, you and I, the way I've been seeking for my keys over the last three months. I've, I've looked in the kitchen here. I've looked in the Sunday school rooms. I've looked everywhere. I've looked in my truck, and that's a whole 
whole situation. I've looked in the back of the truck. I've looked in the yard. I've looked on the four-wheeler. I've looked everywhere for my keys. I've searched and I've searched and I've searched. And I, I wonder, have I looked for God in everything the same way I've been looking for my keys? Because the action of seeking is the same thing to turn everything over, to move everything out of the way, to push everything aside, to leave no stone unturned, but to seek and seek and seek. And let me tell you, it's a marathon, not a race. You just got to take your time and seek after him. Many times in our movement, we want to say, get there, get him, you're good, roll on. And let me tell you, that's not the way it's supposed to be. A baby is a baby for a while. A baby is a baby for a season. And then they're able, I was watching and Ivy the other day about to pull herself up on the chair and I didn't look and see Eric and Tara say get on up there and start walking no she's a baby for a reason and a time and she almost got herself up and she didn't quite make it then she crawled on over to the to the living room and got her hand stuck in a toy but they didn't say what are you doing how dare you the thing I'm wanting you to get right now is that as people of God we've got to be better and say you know what It's okay to act your age in the church. It's okay to come into the church and for you at times to feel like while everybody else is walking, you're still crawling. There's room for you to grow in the body of God. So we've got to be careful. We've got to seek things in our lives. We've got to make sure we understand how important it is for you and I to grow, to grow in Him. And to grow, uh, desiring, desire, uh, to desire Him. The only way that we make the effort to seek God first is by, by deciding to love Him more than anything else. I'm, I'm hurrying now, but just, just hang with me for a few minutes here. But we've got to learn to love Him more than anything else. Jesus speaks to this. In fact, there's a moment in the Gospels when the Pharisees and Sadducees try to trap Jesus and ask him about the question, or ask him the question about what is most important. And as he travels along, he's concerned by a lawyer who asks him a tough question in Matthew 23, I'm sorry, 22, 34 through 40. But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together, and one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, What is the great commandment in the law? And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. One of these two commandments, uh, on these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. It's very critical for you and I to understand what was stated and how it was stated. The question the man asks Jesus, what is the greatest commandment? He could have easily asked it this way. Jesus, what should I have as my greatest priority? What's the one thing I can't get wrong? Jesus quotes a command from the Old Testament when he tells him to love God with all his heart, all his soul, and all his mind. This was Jesus' way of telling him to love God with everything. Love God with all you've got. Love God with every area of your life. Love God with everything you've learned and everything you're learning. Love God with all your talents, all your time, and all your 
treasure. Love God with everything with your marriage. Love God. Being a father, love God. Being a son, love God. Being an usher, love God. Being a Sunday school teacher, love God. With everything you've got, love God. How can you tell when you love something or somebody? The easiest way to tell is that you talk about it or them all the time because they're always on your mind. They're always there. I play tough guy many times, but when I travel out by myself, I struggle a little bit because, for one, I always look like I've got it more together when my wife's with me. I get looks a lot. They're like, how did you, like literally a lady on Sunday walked up and told my wife, you were just beautiful. She said, oh my goodness, I was, I, I, I was thinking, I'd, I'd like to, you know, you're awfully kind lady, sweet lady. And, and I said, let me just get this straight. I know what you're thinking right now. How did he manage to get, yeah, I know what you're thinking. She said, actually, I was. <laughs> I could tell she was a nice lady. Her husband also seemed, uh, I found out, was the CEO of the, of the largest gold, mine, uh, gold mining industry or business, whatever company in the, in the U.S. So she's also... Doing all right. But when you love it, you talk about it. When I'm, I oftentimes feel this very way because, I, again, I, I play Mr. Tough Guy, but I love, I love to reflect. I love to look back. I love to think about the things that my wife creates for our lives and the beauty that we live in and the things we have and how great of a mother she is and how kind she is. And I tell oftentimes, she'll say sometimes, you don't talk about me ever. Yes, I do, actually. I talk about her often to my friends. I say, man, I've got the greatest wife in all the world, and look what you got. And I deal with it. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. But I, I oftentimes reflect. You know why I do that? Because when you really love something or somebody, you talk about it. You talk about it. Loving God with all our heart, soul, and mind helps us realize that every part of our life is incredibly meaningful. Everything that we have is meaningful. How we love, how we give ourselves, all the things we have. And I'm hurrying along. But Jesus, he, he, he speaks of, of the very thing that you and I must understand as far as seeking him first and loving him most. But notice how Jesus ends the conversation. He tells the man that the first and greatest commandment is to love God. But the second is just like it. This is important for the church to hear this right now. The second one is just like the first one. The first one's the greatest, but the second is just like the first. This is the conundrum when it comes to priorities because now we have a second that's just as important as the first. This is the use of the word priorities because the most important thing for you and I to understand is we must love God. It's the most important. Let me tell you right now, out of everything you've learned being a churchgoer, the most important thing you've, you've got to hear right now, if you ask Jesus, if Jesus in the flesh walked through these doors and you said, Jesus, what's most important? That I know all the old songs? I didn't mean to step on your toes right now. I'm just joking. That I know all the new songs? There, I'll even it out. Did I do this or that? No. The most important thing he said, and I feel a little, I feel a challenge a little bit right now, but the most important thing is to love God. The most important thing is to love God, and now all those things follow below it. All those things fall under that. But then he goes a little farther, and he says it. He, he, he's speaking it. The second is just like it. We are to love our neighbor. It seems that unless, unless we get 
a loving God right first, we have no hope of loving our neighbor well. And that's the order of it. There is a prioritization that God lays out for us in the passage. And let me tell you right now, if you don't love your neighbor, if you don't love the people sitting beside you in the church, if you don't love everybody in this room, if you don't love everybody when you walk in Walmart, if you don't love them because of who they are, where they are, their skin tone or whatever, then there's probably a good way that I can draw a line and say, if you don't love them, then you don't love him. If you don't love these kids, and if you don't love this one or that one, then you probably don't love him because you cannot love him and hate your neighbor. They don't work together. If you love him, you love everything he is, everything he stands for, everything he did, everything he gave, everybody he bled for. You understand that everybody, everybody has the right to grace and the right to mercy, and the blood was shed for them. So it's important for you to get this. And the way we find this is we, we, we struggle with it. And I've, I've got five minutes. I'm going to hurry and close in five minutes. But the, the reason why we oftentimes struggle is that we focus on the wrong thing. But in order for you to get this right and be better, you've got to shift your thinking to do something that's very important. You've got to learn to focus on the, the eternal and not focus on the temporary. One way to know where to put our, our, our time and our en energy this year is by asking a simple question. Is this thing going to have a, an effect on eternity? Will this affect eternity? Every plan we make, everything we do, everything we discuss ought to be something that you and I ask each other. Is this going to affect eternity? Or is this just temporary for us? And I know there's going to be times when we do things that might be temporary satisfaction. But in the grand scheme of who we are as a church, we must ask ourselves this question. Is this going to affect eternity? Is this going to have an eternal reward? Is there going to be something there that affects what eternity will look like? To spend our time focusing on serving others is to focus on their eternal souls. On the contrary, to spend our time focusing on building a massive nest for ourselves and a great thing for us to be comfortable in, like a shelter away from the storm that God actually has control of the storm would be like you and I saying the temporary storm is coming and and the temporary things are here. And I'm going to have temporary satisfaction. I'll have temporary comfort. No, I'd rather walk through a storm that God controls by looking at the eternal reward. I'd rather walk through a dark situation that God has his hands on than look back and say, I want nothing of it. Paul says that we should not spend all our time focused on what is seen, 2 Corinthians 4 and 18. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are not or that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. The things you and I can't see are eternal. I know I've spent a lot of time saying this, but you see that you see kids running around, and kids, listen to me, stop running in the church, okay? Don't run to the church. I love you very much. Don't run. We'll just deal with it right there, okay? They love me 
me, I love them. They know that. Let's try not to run. Mom and dad, don't run to the church unless it's in the spirit. That might be confusing to them, but let it rip, Tater Chip. Don't run. Don't run in the church, okay? But here's the thing. You see running. I see families being born into the church. You see all the donuts and coffee, but I see lives changed forever, and I see what I had a man come to me today, and I'm not going to tell who it was. I won't tell it because they didn't ask me to. They said, hey, Brother Paul, where do I put the, I want to, I want to write a check for all the food and all the things you guys are doing. Where do I put it? He said, do I just put outreach? I said, that's where you want to put it, outreach. Listen to me right now. Yes, yes, yes. So I'll be honest with you. We're going to have to get land. We're going to have to build a bigger structure. Yes, we will. But if we have to pack this thing up three times on a Sunday before we do that, we'll do that. But here's the thing I want you to get. I'm not wanting to save everything we get and not feed our kids and not feed our families. We're going to do that. So thank you to you, brother and sister, that said, I want to invest in lives. Why is that? Yes, you probably have things you need, but the reality is, is I can invest in the temporary or I can invest in the eternal. So Paul said, be careful. Don't grade things by what you can see and what you can't see. Don't grade things by results. And we're shifted to think that way. We've been made to think that way. Don't grade things that way. But you've got to know that there's things working behind the scenes. There's things working in the spirit. I believe there's things being torn down in some of these apartments near us. Spiritual things. We're breaking down. We're putting some truth. Can I talk to you today, Atavia? Thank you for what you posted. Atavia posted something. Is that all right? Am I going to embarrass you? She posted something about going to HYC. Atavia was in the altar. She felt the presence of God. She felt God moving in her life. Atavia, I don't have it all right either. You don't have it all right. You know what? I'm the, I get to be a pastor here at this church, but I don't always do the right things. But let me tell you right now, on Sunday, I get up, and I put on a nice jacket, and I walk into the church. Sunday, you can put on a sweatshirt if you want to. Walk into the church. All I know is when you don't get it right, make it about the things that are eternal. I'm getting up, and I'm going again. I want to be better. I want to say no next time rather than yes that time. I want to be better. Thank you for going and thank you all because because of what you did, because what you gave Lisa and others that are giving so much to these kids, Atavia, and others got to go to HYC. They got to go to HYC and say my life was changed. Not only that, Atavia said, I thank God for my family, for my church family. And Atavia, listen to me. I thank God for my church family. You're a part of my 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 family. You're a part of this family. I tell you, if the Lord wills, let me tell you right now, you find you, you find you somebody within the word of the Lord. What I mean by that is the Lord has has given us indication into what ought to look like a family, a family. Let me tell you right now, you find somebody. You find somebody, and one day when you have those sweet kids, and I see the tear flowing from your eye, but I'm just having a little church with a table for a moment. But when you have those kids, you walk, you bring them to the house of the Lord. You bring them in this house. Why? Because they're going to grow up knowing what a family feels like as well. They're going to know what, what it feels like to be in this house. I want to dedicate your kids. I want to baptize your kids. I want to 
seed and receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And one day we're going to say, hey, Atavia, are your kids going to HYC? And you say, you better believe they're going to HYC. That's what I'm talking about. The eternal, not the temporary. You see 23, but I'm looking way down the road to say these kids will be leading. These kids will be serving. These kids will be preaching. These kids will be reaching. We're going to be better when we look and say it's about what God has for us, not about what we have. Let me tell you, you're going to stay standing, but hear me right now. Hear me right now. We're going to see people being filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you right now, we are going to see it. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. It gives us clear understanding of how we should be baptized in the name, the name, the name, the name of Jesus Christ. And it says, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For this promise is to you and to your children and all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. We're going to see it happen. But we're going to see it happen in conjunction with loving, loving God. God and loving our neighbor. We're going to love God and love our neighbor. What does that mean? That means, Sister Betty, I love you and we love him together. That means, Mark, I love you and I do. I love you and we love him together. We're going to make it work together. It's going to be together. I love him, but I've got to love you as well. Over the triple doorways of the cathedral in Milan, there are three inscriptions spanning the arches. Over one is carved a beautiful wreath of roses. And underneath it is the legend simply states this. All that which pleases is but for a moment. Over the other is sculpted a cross. And there are the words that simply read this way. All that which troubles us is but for a moment. So, so far you have what pleases is for a moment. The next you have is what troubles is for a moment. But underneath the great central entrance to the main aisle is the inscription that reads this way. The only thing that is important is the eternal. That only is important, which is the eternal. Let me read it correctly. Let me help you understand right now. Pleasure will be gone. Troubles, they too will be gone. But the eternal, the eternal is what's important. So let me help you understand right now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to come to you in this final, final few 60 seconds and tell you. We need you to get a hold of the eternal. And this is that moment that's always uncomfortable. And we're going to talk about it more in first word. But here's what I'm asking. As your pastor, I'm asking you in conjunction with my father, your pastor as well. We need you to be faithful in your tithes and your offerings. Why, why do I say that? It's not for me. It's not for the 2711 Country Club Road. It's for you because when you say, I'm giving what I believe is yours, I'm giving this back to you, you say, I'm focused on the eternal, not on the temporary. That's why that's important. The Lord does a work. I believe strongly in this. But on the average in America, 
The average churchgoer gives 1.1% of their, of, their, of their earnings to the church. The Bible, and I could, I'll give a lesson here soon on this to help us understand it. And then here's the thing. It's not a command or demand. It's up to you. I'm asking you, though, to get an eternal perspective. Your time. When the church tours are open, I'm asking you to consider making it a priority to be in the house of the Lord. I know you've got jobs. There's appointments. There's things you have to do. That's obviously we understand that. But when you begin to look and say, you know what? Those things are temporary, but this thing is eternal. You'll start being plugged in. And then also when you have something that you are good at, when you, when you have something that you're talented in, you're good at working in this area, you're good at doing these things, let me tell you right now, it's good for you to give those gifts to the Lord. Why? Because when you get an eternal perspective, you get rid of the temporary mindset of all the other things that are so important. So as we go through this next few weeks and then also this year of 2024, I want you to keep your heart and your mind focused on one thing. If I could, if I could, if I could entitle this message a little bit different today in closing and those that are watching that maybe got on late won't get it. This is going to be weird for you, okay, Octavia? It's going to be weird. If I could entitle this message something different, I would entitle it this way. Octavia's family. You know why? Because you're starting something. And I believe the Lord's going to finish it. I believe it in Jesus' name. I know that might be different for some. That might be different for some. But all the questions of life that oftentimes we place out there and we, let, we hang them out in front of us. What he told told us in the word today was simply this seek ye first the kingdom of God and what all all those questions all those anxieties all those worries all those fears that's all going to work itself out you hear me Sean it's going to work itself out you keep on coming you keep driving from hot springs you keep on I know it's not easy I know it's a lot I know it's a lot but you keep putting God first. You keep doing it. And some of you great folks that have been here for years, I don't try to overlook you. I'm not overlooking you. You've gone through storms. You've gone through situations. But you've walked in anyways. You've walked in that prayer room. You've walked in the worship service. You've lifted your hands while you've also been in mourning. You keep on. You keep on. You keep on. And let me tell you, the Lord is going to do a work in our lives, in our church, in our families, in other lives. In Jesus' name. I'm going to ask today for a different type of altar call. If you agree with me right now and you want to see the Lord do some bigger things in your life and you want to be better, you want to shift your priorities, you want to shift your thinking, and you want to, be see, you want to become uh, somebody who sees the eternal, not just what's in front of you, but you want to look beyond that, I'm going to ask you simply to, to before they sing, I'm going to ask you to step out from where you are. You might come with somebody. You might join with somebody. But I'm going to ask you to come stand down here. And it might be tough for you to come down. It might be something you're not comfortable with. But if you can't, come on close. Come on close. Make room for everybody today. I know this might be a little different. I know this might be a little different today. But I want to challenge you. We're going to have some deep moves in the, in the altar. We're going to have some great moves of God in our services. We're going to see it. Today, I believe it's, a, it's you and I making a, making a decision, making a declaration. 
that I want more of Him. And in order to do that, then I've got to push all the things that aren't important and all the things that are temporary out of the way. And I've got to reassess some things in my life. I've got to look around. I've got to, I've got to seek. What does that seek mean? It's me. I'm seeking. I'm seeking. I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm seeking. It's me seeking. Sometimes I've got to seek through the mess and seek through the junk and I've got to seek through the stuff. I've got to seek through all these things and I've got to look and look and look. And then guess what? When you find what you're looking for and you're finding Him and you're seeking Him through every day and you look and you look and you look and you walk after Him, then He's saying that all the stuff you're scared of, all the stuff you're worried about, all the stuff that keeps you from getting sleep, although you're getting sleep, you're, you, 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 you feel as if you're always tired because you're not getting rest, all these things will be added unto you. So I'm going to ask you as a church body right now to just close your eyes. And if you, if you feel comfortable, you want to join with somebody, you want to pray by yourself, that's fine. All those that maybe didn't come up, I understand. That's okay. We want you to join with us right now. You just, I want you to join with us. It's okay if, as a body right now, as a, as a whole body. We're going to pray and just say, God, help me to become better. Help me to become better, God. I'm asking you to help me right now, Jesus. Jesus' name and Jesus' name.